Welcome to episode 24 of the RSA Resident and Student Podcast Series, a production of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. RSA is an accessible, collaborative organization that fosters innovation, education, and advocacy for residents and students in emergency medicine. In this episode, Patrick Wallace, medical student at Rocky Vista University College of Osteopathic Medicine and a member of the RSA Education Committee, speaks with Dr. Eileen Bezgian, Senior Strategy Consultant and former Dean of the School of Business and Management at Azusa Pacific University. Today, Mr. Wallace and Dr. Bezgian discuss professionalism and etiquette that every emergency medicine professional should know. I'm Patrick Wallace, and I'm here with Dr. Eileen Bezgian in Los Angeles, California. We're going to be discussing professional etiquette, ranging from the CV to the interview in the emergency department and at the dinners and work functions. First, tell us a little bit about yourself, Dr. Bezgian. I'd be happy to. I have spent 35 years in business as a marketing and strategy consultant, a professor, a dean of a business school, and now I'm beginning a freelance writing career. But I have also been working with people from various areas of business, higher education, healthcare, many, many places where I meet people. I'm also married to Colonel Vic Bezgian, who recently retired, so I'm familiar with the military area, and I have two grown children, Dr. James Bezgian, who's a professor at the Citadel, and soon-to-be Dr. Lori Bezgian, who is getting her medical degree next June. Thank you, Dr. Bezgian. Now let's start off in the pre-interview stage. How do I get to the interview? It's always interesting when I hear a question like this. How do I get an interview? I believe the first thing you need to do is some research, but in doing your research, you need to match your CV and have it totally updated with new materials, free of spelling errors and grammar errors. You don't want it too crowded. And remember, your employer is looking for specific things. So look for those things that are on the job description and match the job description to those things that are on your CV. Secondly, make sure that you have an appropriate email address and that you respond to email address. Time and time again, I've had students or clients that I've worked with that may have a specific email address that's inappropriate. And employers find that really uncomfortable to respond to hotchick at gmail.com. So be careful about the things that you have on your email address. Email etiquette is very important. Make sure that you start with an appropriate address, that you address the person in their details, such as professor or doctor or Mr. or Ms., and refrain from using the word, hey. I've seen many people that want to bring about an informal relationship with an individual and starting the word with, hey, or how are you, or it's good to conduct this this email opportunity, but there is no opening address. People like to be addressed appropriately, so make sure you've done that. Also, avoid a reply all. That can be really embarrassing, not only for you, but for the people that have sent the email to you, as they may not want your response to go back to everyone that has been on the initial email. I also am very very interested in hearing how people set up their reply on their phones. 
ringtones, answering messages, they can be fatal mistakes. I'll give you one example of a student that we had worked with for, for the whole four years of college, very bright individual, getting ready to graduate and using all the networking available to him for job opportunities and used the ringtone, smacked that. And when the potential employer heard that ringtone, he immediately called me back and said, I'm not interested in this student, nor am I interested in hiring anybody from your university. So that was a, a big loss for us. Also, be aware that Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are not closed. They are open options to all potential employers. They will check them. They will look at them. They will assess them to see if you're a good fit with the organization. Excellent. So now you just got the interview invite, whether that be for starting medical school, for residency, or your first job out of residency. What are some of the next best steps and some of the common mistakes that you see potential applicants making? I want to be honest with you, Patrick, though the one problem that I see most often is that individuals fail to purchase an iron and press their clothes. I'm a fan of people sending their clothes out to a dry cleaner and have them professionally pressed. And even when you travel, it's important to make sure that your clothes are well pressed before you come in. Invest in a, in a good outfit that you feel comfortable in, that fits well. The worst thing in the world is see someone that's closed their shirts or their blouses with a safety pin or something else in order for them not to gap. It's uncomfortable for an interviewer to look at someone that is dressed in an outfit that almost looks like their brother's or their sister's or their dad's jacket or their mother's sweater. So I say pick something that will make it comfortable for you. Women have to be particularly careful because there's so many options for us. But I'd say nothing that's too tight, nothing that's too short. I'm not a fan of giant high heel shoes because they're difficult to walk in. And I, I just would caution people not to show too much skin. You want the interviewer to pay attention to you, not what's going on with your clothing or what they can see or what they hope to see. Also, I think having a great pen and taking notes during the interview show that you're interested, that you're ready, you're available to converse with them, making sure that your shoes are not run down, and I know that dance clothes are pretty comfortable for people, but that is not an interview shoe, nor is it a dress shoe. I, I also am a fan of those who would cut and clean their nails prior to coming to the interview. It is pretty inappropriate to be doing any of that bathroom type of thing when you're in public. Make sure all your clothes match. Bring your business cards and make sure that they're not folded or dirty or stuffed in a pocket. And your name tag, when you wear it, should go on the right side of your jacket in front of your chest. So when you shake hands, someone can readily read your name and even pronounce it. And that's the opening signature you have in terms of your voice with the potential employer. Thank you, Dr. Bejian. I didn't know that about your name tag. That's very interesting and very helpful. Now you've just arrived at your outing or your dinner or the social gathering or the interview, whatever it may be, what are the fatal mistakes that applicants make here? Don't look as if you just jumped out of the shower and came straight to the dinner. 
Make sure that your hair is dry and once again that you've dressed appropriately. Another fatal mistake is that people rush for the bar because they want to have that first drink to loosen up a little bit. It's best to do your networking when you have all your faculties in place. If you do drink, which I'm not a fan of at any interview or any type of, of social gathering when you're on an interview, make sure that your water glass or your drink glass is in your left hand so your right hand is free to shake hands. Never hold something in both hands. Always have one hand free to shake hands. Practice shaking hands. It is interesting how many people I still meet that are uncomfortable shaking hands with women. Women should shake hands with women. Men should shake hands with women. We're not going to break. And it's an opening signature that says, I'm prepared to meet with you. I'm prepared to talk with you. Smile when you greet people and don't look past them. Give them your full attention. Smiling again opens up your personality and invites them in to greet you. Always stand up when greeting people at a table. Even if it's uncomfortable, it is a courtesy that shows you once again are prepared to speak. If you exchange business cards, which you should, read the business card before placing it in your pocket or your wallet. This is a, an international courtesy that says I'm taking time, first of all, to learn how to pronounce your name, see where you are from, and find some common knowledge between the two of you. Finally, I would refrain from using any foul language or four-letter words. Even if you are in the company of the same sex, all males, all females, it really does show a lack of verbal knowledge and just content when you are conversing with people. So it's important to control yourself, but still be relaxed. Excellent. Now, we've just finished meeting everyone. We've introduced ourselves. We had the perfect handshake. Our name tag's in the right spot. We're using the appropriate language, and we make our way in for the meal. Now, things can get pretty confusing here. I know myself at fancy dinners, there's a lot of utensils. I don't always know what to talk about. So, can you walk us through some of the etiquette during the meal? I think everyone... Young, old, and in between needs to first invest in a very good etiquette book. It takes the question out of what should I do and how should I do things when I'm at dinner. I think it's important to eat first and do business later. And some people will want to do business over a meal, which is difficult because if you have food in your mouth, then you're going to need to respond to a question. And often that's uncomfortable. Know your table etiquette. Last week, I was at a very large event, very, very important event, sitting next to someone who didn't know the difference between their bread plate and their drink and confused everything, and then everything was thrown off at the table, and someone even remarked verbally, I believe someone is using my bread plate, which was the person sitting next to them. It was very uncomfortable, and it made the whole event just a little less enjoyable. What utensils should you use? Always work from the outside in. If you don't know what to do, wait for somebody else to start and then watch what they do and copy them. Also, don't use your fork as a pitchfork or stab your, your food with it. Make sure you cut it up, pieces of your food, cut it up in small bites so that if you do have to respond, you don't have to chew forever. 
Also interesting is that when you begin to eat at a dinner table, make sure that you know the difference between continental style and American style and follow the person who is at the head of the table. How should you pass things at the table? Always pass them counterclockwise. It's contrary to the way we feel. If you're right-handed, you'll want to pass right-handed. If you're left-handed, left-handed. But always pass counterclockwise. And if someone asks you for the salt, always pass the salt and pepper shakers together at the same time being careful not to touch the tops of either one. Your napkin needs to go on your chair if you have to excuse yourself from the table, not back on the table because it is dirty and you leave it on the back of the chair, usually sometimes on the seat of the chair. I also do not like it when people have full-on phone conversations or are texting at the table. Never, never, never at an interview do you text or speak on the phone if you are interviewing. Make sure that phone is put away, turned on silent, so we're not even disrupted by the tone of a beep or a text message coming in. So make sure it's completely turned off. Now you just aced the meal. You had proper etiquette. You knew your utensils. You weren't texting. You had a great conversation with your colleagues. Now it's the moment you've been waiting for. The big interview. You're sweating bullets as you walk in. You're nervous. Where do you go from here? There's a couple preparatory things I would say to have. If you remember in one of our first questions, I said, have a notebook and a, a nice pen. I would also say prepare some great questions. Questions that you may have taken from a website or in conversation with everyone, but have those written out on your paper prior to walking in. Have your paperwork in a portfolio so that you can take it out, but it's not obvious when you walk in that you jotted these things down in the car prior to the interview. Shake everyone's hand when you enter for the interview before you sit down and repeat their name so that you have been introduced properly. Always sit straight up in the chair. Don't slouch. I actually saw someone the other day that leaned over a chair sitting next to them during an interview and immediately upon leaving the room, all the interviewers said this would not be a person that we would hire simply because they didn't take the courtesy to sit up in their chair and listen. Fidgeting with your hands or your hair or a ring or earrings or a watch. Make sure that you are free of any of those so that you sit and again, have a uh, full attention on the people that are interviewing you. Don't swivel your chair. Don't take off your coat no matter how hot it is unless the interviewer asks you, would you be more comfortable with your coat removed? If they've removed their coats, you are fine to remove yours. Don't put your feet on the table. Yes, this has actually happened. An applicant felt so comfortable that he stuck his feet up on the table. I know it sounds impossible, but it happens. Always maintain eye contact with the person asking you the question until you have completed your entire answer. Don't bring your cell phone, once again, into the interview. Have copies of your CV and any updates of your publications and be able to comment on every line in your CV. One of the interesting things I've seen lately is that people come in with CVs and when they're asked about elements on their CV, they're unable to answer, which makes me wonder whether they've prepared the CV or it's been done professionally by an outside organization. You finished the interview and you rocked it. The whole day 
went perfect. And this was your number one place to apply. Now, what else can I do to ensure myself that I get this job? Whether it's been a good interview or a poor interview, don't show any facial expression that commits in some way that eye-rolling moment that makes you think that you've blown it. Always convince yourself you have done your best and that everybody is still watching you as you walk out of the room, the hallway, and the company. So make sure that you are on point until you get into that car. If you are cut off in terms of any types of conversation or someone stops you in a hallway, make sure that you stop and complete that conversation. Everyone knows everyone, no matter where you are. One short story, I was actually in an elevator in a large organization in downtown Los Angeles. As a consultant, I came into the third floor, was going up to the 23rd floor or something like that, and two men came on at the same time, and they were talking about those guys up at the top of the building and how stupid they were. The elevator opened on the fifth floor, a gentleman walked in, he turned around, faced the, the doors, and the conversation of these two men continued. And on the 21st floor, uh, the gentleman that joined us on the third floor turned around and said to the two men in the back, you know, your conversation was very interesting. I want to, I want to introduce yourself. I'm the jerk you've been talking about all the way up to this floor. It was a moment in time for me. I wanted to laugh, but I was so alarmed over what had happened that it took me a few minutes to realize that they too were very embarrassed. There is no way you can live that kind of action um, down or even get over it. Everyone will always remember. And the story, as it's told after it occurs, will get better throughout the building. So be careful of what you say in the bathroom, on an elevator, in a hallway. When you get into your car, take out all of those cards that you have received from people who have interviewed you and quickly write off a thank you note. What is important to remember is that each person has said something to you in a distinct manner that was important to them. If you can remember, hopefully you can remember, jot that down on your thank you card and tell them you respect them, their time and the effort it took to interview you and you hope that in the future you'll once again be able to work together. Thank you, Dr. Bezgian. That was a pretty incredible story. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us and giving us all of those great tips. You're welcome and it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. For more information about RSA, please visit our website, www.aaemrsa.org. Listen to all podcasts in this series and explore the ways you can get involved with RSA. Join us again next episode for another topic of importance for emergency medicine residents and students.